So welcome back to The Real Journey Show. We are super excited that you decided to join us today. We have two incredibly amazing guests. I'm so pumped up to have them on the show today. I'm going to let them do the honors of introducing themselves, but they are my DVC Inc. brothers, and they are writing a very amazing book that's about to release. And I'm really pumped up about that, so I hope we'll talk about that later as well. But Nathan and Herbie, please do informally introduce yourself. Tell them who you are, what you do, where you're from, and what you're all about. Please, and I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Well, we are so lucky and happy to be on your show today. Thank you, uh, Tara. Well, this is Nathan speaking right now. So I am the the education nerd of the family. Uh, (laughs) So I'm an educator, I'm a speaker, um, I'm a former teacher, former administrator, uh, and I work for WeVideo. And, and of course, I have my husband Herbie with me today. Herbie. Yes, hello. Hi. Hi, everybody. What Nathan has also failed to mention is that he used to work at NASA. Oh, that's right. And I have my, you can't see right now because I have my NASA poster behind me right now. I did. I worked at NASA as well. So I'd love to brag about it. I'm a big space geek too. Awesome. I did not know that. That is so cool. Yeah. Well, they actually have an educate. They at one point had an education office and they were. Uh, looking at making, inspiring the next generation of space explorers. So I had the opportunity to be a part of that uh, work. And didn't you almost go to the moon at one point? Well, that's a time, that's another podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We got to have you back on for that. I did at least want to go to the space station. So that was, but I didn't think I wanted to spend six months there. Anyway, but enough about me because we're introducing ourselves. That's impossible. We're introducing ourselves right now. So (laughs) I'm the other half. I'm Herbie. I'm just a housewife. (laughs) <laughs> you you're amazing tell us what you do like you're very into video creation i i am into everything about our home actually in maine i really don't do anything i don't have an ounce of ambition <laughs> i'm just happy to be at home with nathan and our three boys that's it well and and now i have to interject because obviously uh oh, yeah. he has there's so much more going on he has so much talent he's uh, a performer. Uh, he has a history at Disneyland. Um, he's musician. A, a musician, incredible a singer, and uh, of course, mad writing talents because we co-authored the Teachers Oz book together. Yes, so, coming. And and he also is working on his own mystery novels uh, as well that is uh, almost ready to be sent to. You are so. fantastic. I need to hire you. Well, I'm, I'm available. I had no idea. <laughs> I'm available. I sound amazing. And well, you are. <laughs> you are amazing. I'm glad you interjected, Nathan. Thank you for yes, that. You so. guys are fantastic. I love following you, watching your stories. Um, yeah, Herbie, I love your music. Like, I checked it out on your website, by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wonderful that he recorded. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That is so kind. Thank you so much for saying it. It was a lifetime ago, literally 300 years ago. (laughs) Well, it seemed like yesterday. It's so relevant. (laughs) All right. Well, on the Real Journey show, I know we talked about this a little bit at the onset, but Real is all about an acronym. It's just being relatable, exposing a little vulnerability, approachable, and learning through life. Um, It's something that I feel like no piece of artificial intelligence will ever really replicate that of every human because. I just don't think it's possible to be able to truly replicate everyone's unique identities, their talents, strengths, their life experiences, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and 
everything that's shaped each human into the person they are today. And I, I'm a firm believer that as leaders, as educators, as any field really in the world, we should not only want to be real ourselves, but also empower anybody that we have the realm of influence to be real as well, to be able to be their true self and to be accepted for that. And so it's something I write about. That's what my book is all about. And it's something that I truly believe in. And I try to implement no matter as a role, my role as a mommy, my role as an educator, my role as a director of DBC, um, PR and communications, it doesn't matter really what role we're in in this world. Just be real and stay real. So I would love for you guys to share a real journey that's kind of shaped you into the people you are today. And yeah, it's just so wide open. You can share anything or everything. <laughs> How long is this podcast? <laughs> it lasts forever. We can cut it up into lots of junks if we need to. Well, but, I'll say, I can start us off and then you can add. I can't something. wait to hear yeah. it. Well, you know, I, I think we have, uh, so Herbie and I have our mornings together. We're a big believer in like, you know, having our morning coffee and we talk over breakfast. And I think a lot of our conversations revolve around the kind of like, our own self-discovery, our own kind of journey of, of being our best selves. Um, you know, like when I when I first met Herbie, one of the most amazing, um, he has lots of many wonderful characteristics and talents. Um, but one of the really amazing things about Herbie is that he has always found a way to be fully and truly himself, regardless of um, what the masses are doing, what the world is doing. Um, he is able to like fully kind of have this self-realization and be fully himself. And um, he has had a lot of success in his life uh, being you know, truly him. And uh, I think you know, my journey was a little different because uh, I was raised in a very, you know, very strict kind of conservative, very dogmatic household. And so I, I felt for the longest time that I, I couldn't be exactly myself. And so I had to work through my own kind of journey and kind of like self-discovery and being who I, who I was. And so, I mean, I think, I think once you're like fully yourself, then that kind of uh, permeates, I think, the rest of the, the world around you. Like, so for me in education, um, I, you know, by thinking about like what students, and this really resulted in the book that we wrote, but and like, what do students need to be their most creative selves? What do students need to be, to fully realize who they are, um, if they have, if their voice makes a difference, if they can make an impact in the world? Well, uh, regardless of their their belief systems and their um, their backgrounds, uh, they should be able to have that support. So, um, so yeah, I think, you know, I, I didn't like publicly come out as being gay until I was in my mid thirties. What, you're gay? Oh, this is new to you. Whoa. <laughs> Changes everything. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't like publicly, you know, come out. Of course, there was a small group of people who uh, who knew kind of um, my story, but I kept it very close because I was in a place where I didn't have a lot of support. I didn't have a lot of um, uh, kind of guidance and, and mentors to kind of walk me through it. So and for the longest time, I, I felt that being my true self was, was wrong. Uh, I felt I, I was raised in a very religious kind of upbringing, and so um, I felt being myself was simple, and so therefore I couldn't be completely myself. Um, and then you know, a, a series of just um, having conversations 
with um, with trusted friends and you know every little life experience that you go through you always kind of question things like uh, I think I get to a point where I was um, I was ready to kind of journey into freedom and to kind of fully come out and I think once that happens you know for anyone who's um, who identifies LGBT um, it's a big deal like you're coming out store because you 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 um, kind of finally get to be proud of who you are and, and you don't come from this deficit model. And so, um, yeah, I know we got really deep really quick in the very beginning of the show, but I think that's a lot of, of my story and a lot of kind of, uh, I processed lots of like social things, you know, education and well, I guess mainly a lot of education is, is the primary area that I think about a lot and, and work through a lot um, through this lens of, you know, what can we do to be our most, transparent selves, you know, um, what can we do for students to ensure that they can be completely transparent um, and that they are loved no matter what. And one thing that, you know, I learned from Herbie, one of the many things I've learned from Herbie is um, about unconditional love and being able to love people um, for who they are, um, regardless of anything, any um, differences you might have, uh, it's you're you're loving and supporting the person, and um, and that's a that's a big lesson. And not everyone um, gets the luxury of having someone like that in their lives that uh, can support them unconditionally. So um, yeah. yeah, so that definitely that's the lens through which I I look through. So I'm always very um, supportive of people kind of like living their best lives and finding their happiness and um, challenging any structure that says you're supposed to do this or act this way um because i think that's that's not fully being human i love it man that fits the real acronym beautifully by the way (laughs) well i think so it's all about being real right i mean that's the thing i think as educators and really just as humans, we need to be more mindful of that. We're just dealing with all kinds of things in our world right now that's reminding us of that very thing as well. You know, we need to be respectful of others and allow them to come fully as themselves and to be embraced for that. I think you're right when you say that not many people have gotten to experience unconditional love. I mean, I really, I feel like there's so many conditions placed on everyone in every different role of life and it's just tragic because their real self is so beautiful and so loving like there's there's there needs to be more herbies in the world I think is the bottom yeah. line. Oh, <laughs> which is a perfect <laughs> intro to, to hearing a little more from herbie and um what is it that um you would like to elaborate on talking about your real journey and coming and discovering who you are and becoming oh, yourself. Goodness, becoming my real self. Well, I was born July 4th, 1973, <laughs> 1.11 a.m. on a Wednesday morning. Look at you. Um, I know, right? I, I, uh, well, I, growing up, I had a very uh, uh, interesting uh, childhood. I had a very abusive father who uh, is alive today. I haven't spoken with him in over 20 years. Uh, he is a racist. He is a homophobe. He is an anti-Semitic, uh, unpleasant man. Um, and so anything negative you could probably assign to a human being, this man uh, would fit the, the bill. Um, uh, to be fair, he always supported his family. He always met his responsibilities. So I have to give a nod to that. But 
Um, on the other side of that coin, I had a mother who was um, unconditionally supportive and so generous with her affection and communicating how much my brother and I meant to her and what we meant to the world and how to nurture our own personalities and all of our own individual gifts that from a very young age, I was taught to think for myself um, and to have my own opinions about the world, uh, uh, of which I have many, just ask my husband. <laughs> um, I learned very young to use my voice. Uh, so I, I do that regularly. Also, please ask my husband. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I, I grew up not really caring um, about other people's opinions. I, I, Nathan and I talk about this regularly. I have a phrase that I use. I accept neither praise nor blame um, from anyone. It doesn't matter to me what anyone thinks, uh, good or bad. It only matters what I think at the end of the day, because I can't worry about anybody else's opinions of me. I can't ever spend any energy on that because it's fluctuating. There are as many opinions out there as there are stars in the sky. Right. So it just doesn't, it just doesn't matter at the end of the day. Um, and that's, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. I love it. I think more, we do need more Herbies in the world. I mean, that's just all there is to it. Same. I'm expensive, but I'm worth it. <laughs> I, if, you know, if I could add, I mean, I think his self kind of realization journey is, was uh, I don't know like expedite like I feel like he came and I guess self realization is always maybe an ongoing uh, process. I think you're like daily reflecting on like who you are, how you see the world, um, and finding that inner strength and that inner fortitude. I feel like for Herbie it happened um, very quick, uh, and I think uh, you know so it's I have so much respect that he was able to kind of uh, find that early on and let that kind of guide his, his You know choices. what's interesting though, and you and I have talked about this, is I didn't really have any choice. So I can't, as lovely as that is, and thank you for saying that, I um, I don't take any personal responsibility for that. You know, as young children, you don't have the luxury of choice or the luxury of actually using an articulate voice to, to tell the world how you want to be treated or tell the world what you like or what you don't like because we're taught at a very young age to agree with everything that that good little boys and girls just say yes to pretty much everything. So I thank you, and that's, that's lovely, and I, I would love to take credit for it. But again, I, I uh, like very many young gay men and women, I, I think that I didn't have an option. I just was thrown face first into a situation that was very bad and also very good and gave me the option to choose for myself what I wanted to be. But you had, but you did have a little bit of a choice because you could have chosen right. the way of your father, right? Sure, um, yeah. It's so I, we talk about this a lot: the nature versus nurture argument. I just think that certain people are hardwired um, a certain way, and the rest of us have to, you know, uh, display common sense as often as possible. Because I, I, my grandmother always says, "There's nothing common about common sense. People just don't have it." especially in the world climate today. I mean, just you were seeing such an, a lack of reason, a lack of humanity, a lack of, of just kindness that I, I think is, mm -hmm. is shocking. So, uh, yeah. I love that you said um, common sense. There isn't really a lot common. <laughs> I've actually <laughs> never heard that phrase, but it makes perfect sense. And, yeah. you know, Herbie, you and I share like kind of a similar background, except for I didn't have a nice mom. <laughs> Both of them were equally um, scary. And I think 
you know, like you said, Nathan, sometimes just at a young age, you just have to try to figure out what makes sense for you. And even though your whole world is upside down and, and confusing, and maybe this is how it was for you as well, Nathan, fighting um, what you knew you were and trying to please these adults in your life that were telling you what you should be. Um, maybe it's a similar struggle, but for me, it just trying to figure out, like, am I going to continue this path? Am I going to be an abusive drug addict as well um, and treat my future children like this? Or do I want to try to escape this? I've never seen it done, but is it possible? And could I be the first generation graduate? Could I like focus all my energy on education and potentially get out of this hellhole? Or yeah. do I just need to try to go ahead and do what all my siblings have done and follow the same path? Because I know that that's quote unquote successful. Um, and so, yeah, I just chose to take the educational route and try to overcome and do something different. Although it wasn't the road necessarily most traveled in my world. And I wasn't really sure how it was all going to turn out. And I too don't see my parents or talk to them or anything like that. But um, I feel like I'm more myself and I'm happy with the choices that I've made. I've been able to be a mom and, you know, do some things that I'd never seen done growing up. And so be able to do that and just choose my own path. Like you said, Herbie, like just decide, you know what? I'm not going to fit the mold. And maybe you too, Nathan. I'm not going to fit the mold of what these people wanted for me, but I'm just going to do something totally different and try to live my best life. And so I love that our stories are all very different, but yet they kind of come back to this self-awareness. They also come back to being fully ourselves. And so as you guys have shared these pieces of your life, by the way, thank you so much for sharing your vulnerability and sharing those parts and pieces of your life growing up. How has going through these struggles, both sides, shaped the work you do with others? Because you get to work, Nathan, with kids, with teachers, as a coach, as an instructional coach. And then Herbie, I know that you are dealing with the public <laughs> and also writing. I mean, I'm sure that oh, maybe you've shaped it. Um, maybe some of this has come out in some of your writing and some of your music as well. So I'd love to hear more about how these struggles have helped and helped you to empower others that you get to serve. Yeah, um, I, I think, and and I appreciate you being vulnerable as well with sharing your story about your family. And I, I wonder, you know, it always makes me think about like, what was the, was there a turning point in our life that, that, um, that we found, like we knew we would be okay, or we knew we had a choice. And I don't know, there were many, uh, nights where I was in my room and I would like draw these little, like, uh, fake place. I would make these like fake maps of these, like these cities of like, I would, I would kind of like pretend I was at this like creator of these, these cities and I would just have my own kind of fantasy world. Uh, and then dream of like, I think what it was, I was dreaming of what it would be like to get away from um, the hellhole I was in. Um, so yeah, I don't know, like, again, like what that, you know, why some people end up becoming tra entrapped in that and some people make the choice and feel like they, they can, they can move on. Um, so along that same um, lines of, of thought, um, you know, looking at education. And I, I think for so long, especially, you know, as the 
American Industrial Revolution and education was founded on this scalability approach of like, let's just create workers so we can create as many cars and, and products as possible. And now we're in a different, very different global kind of world where it's all about individualism and it's all about, you know, collaboration and all these, all these things that the world needs right now. So I think looking at all the obstacles I had to face and um, it's always challenging the status quo and always asking like, why, why do I do the things I do? Does this make sense? And so I think about that in terms of education, you know, why do we give grades to students? Because obviously we know, you know, Tara know in education, like that's something that we've been talking about for the past 10 years, you know, like abolishing grades and just like giving, you know, feedback instead or, um, you know, testing. There's so many like standardized approaches to education. And I, I think back in my own like reflective moments and think about times where I've kind of pushed the status quo and have come to a, a better place because we've opened up the channels of thought and it's not about closing your mind to like, oh, we have to do these structures because this is what works. Um, and But again, it's like, well, I don't want to do what just works because it's going to continue the America, the industrial revolution that we've had going the past 200 years. I mean, that's not where we want to go. We want to move forward. So, um, yeah, I think that's how my personal experiences have kind of manifested in my view of education and, and how I work with teachers and student coaches and so forth. I love it. I, I think that's really true. I think, you know, for all three of us, you know, thinking about coming out of a struggle from the get-go, from an early age, you start to realize, especially when you're on the other side, that, you know what, I don't have to fit into a box. I love that Herbie said, you know, like, I don't have to, uh, like, accept your praise or your criticism. Like, I really just don't have to. I I know that I can stand alone and I can do this thing. And I think, um, back to the common sense phrase, I think that's just something we probably need to go back to a lot, you know, especially when we're empowering students to be their real selves. Um, does it make sense to put all these parameters on them and to make them feel like they can't be them, their real selves? And as a parent too, like, I don't want to do that to my kid. You know, I want him to feel this liberty to explore whatever that is that he feels like he needs to do to be able to be his real self. And so Herbie, yeah, do share. How has like this overcoming obstacles helped you and shaped like maybe some of the work that you've done or the people that you've worked with or influenced? Oh my God, people that I've worked with. Uh, how is it? I think that, I don't think that you can get out of this life without uh, influencing each right. other, right? We're, we're all one, we're all connected one way or another. I am a huge introvert. So the less I have to deal with people, the the happier I am. <laughs> Again, ask my husband. Um, I don't. I don't know how to answer that question. I because I don't really know the contrast. I don't know what life would have been like without my certain experience sets and uh, uh, horizons that I've walked across. But I I will say that I think with any great and now we're going to get really melodramatic without <laughs> any really great suffering in life. I don't think that there can be anything. Um, uh, constructive, because again, it does provide the contrast, right? You have the one thing that makes the other thing better. You have a rainy day, so the nice, bright, sunshiny day makes is is prettier and reverse. We have a nice, pretty day, and then it's sun, it's rainy, and it's so cozy to sit by the fire all day. Um, I, I think the, the great pains that I've experienced in life, as every human being in this world has experienced on one level or another, um, have 
have really resulted in a deeper appreciation for basic human kindness, basic um, uh, finding the, the even the small beauty and the small joys of every single day. We have three kittens running around us all day long and Nathan and I will turn a corner and see one just rolling around because he's happy that we walked into a room and and finding finding that um, in the midst of the darkness that we find ourselves currently, I think is is probably the best lesson that my experience has, has given me over the course of my life and something that's really seen me through because it's giving me it's given me an endurance to be able to walk through anything and really try and find contentment and joy in in the everyday moments. <laughs> wow, that was poetic. So right? <laughs> you should just go write that down as, and put some chords to it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually just sing. I don't really have to, I don't worry about the construction. Of yeah. it. Nope, yeah. nope. I let other people do that. <laughs> you, can, you can sing it. Um, I'll write the chords to it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Let's uh, partner up. Yeah. So that is just, I love, I love learning about people's real journeys. I think it really um, helps us, especially Nathan and I, we're out there working with kids, working with teachers who are working with lots of kids. But Herbie, yeah, you may feel like you don't maybe encounter very many adults, but I mean, even just talking with me today, you've already inspired me to quit worrying about all the criticism. There's so many haters out there. There's, and the more work, Nathan, you know this, and you guys are about to release a book, so you're about to really figure this out if you haven't already. Um, but the more content you put out there into the world, the more opinions you have, you know, based on your content. And so you get this positive, you get this negative, but I love that you said, you know what, I just don't worry about the praise. I don't really worry about the praise or the criticism. And I think if, as humans, if we could ever really get a hold of that, then we could really just maybe just learn from feedback if it's feedback that we need to take in, but we don't have to really just take to heart the praise that makes us all excited or the criticism that makes us makes us take it so personal, like it's our problem. And so, yeah. Yeah. I don't know which question I'm going to go to next. No, I, no, I think you make a very good point, which yeah. is what I've heard before is that we, we don't do any things as humans that don't make us feel good, right? And so I, happiness makes us feel good. Being sad makes us feel good sometimes. Being angry sometimes makes us feel good. So I think that, Terry, you made a very good point that you, we really do have to be more self-aware. What are the choices that we're making? How are we deciding that we want to feel? I love having a good old-fashioned temper tantrum about something. Again, ask my husband. <laughs> How many times is that bathroom light being left on? I'm just saying. <laughs> this is a whole other podcast. <laughs> oh my goodness. But yeah, but do you know what I mean? We don't do things in life that don't make us feel good on a certain level, whether that's healthy or not. That's a conversation for a licensed therapist who's not in the room currently. Yeah. So again, it's one of those just human conundrums, right? What, what makes us do the things that we do? And I think that it's, it's what makes us feel good in the moment based on all of these millions of different facets of evolution, parents, friends, job expectations that thankfully I don't have to worry about now that I'm retired. But, <laughs> you know, I, again, it's all of those things that we, again, I, at the end of the day, you have to throw out, decide how you want to feel. If you're going to feel sad all day, feel sad all day, get it out of your system until you feel good. Or maybe you don't want to feel good. Maybe you just want to be sad all day. And that's fine. I think that's okay. I think when we stop judging ourselves, mm -hmm. 
we really clear the way to an authentic experience of ourselves, which is what we're here to do, I think. That is beautifully stated. And I, I couldn't agree with you more because truly as humans, we need to go, like you said, we don't have enough, I don't have enough degrees to be able to really speak from experience. <laughs> I'll just speak from my therapist experience. No, <laughs> she, um, she often says, you know, Tara, just feel all those feels. Cause I used to always try to squish it down. Like I need to be smiley, happy all the time, you know, and that's not the case. Like you said, we do what feels good for us at the moment. And sometimes it is to be frustrated. Like I want to feel frustrated because you like, you need to know that you made me frustrated. Um, and that feels good. It feels like the right thing to do at that moment. And I think we need to accept, like you said, just accept that. It's part of being human. It's part of being real. And then move forward. I mean, we don't have to stay there forever, but we do get that opportunity and we get that choice. Yeah, so. you have to realize that your feelings are only feelings. And they're not real. They need to be listened to. They need to be respected. They need to be valid. They need to be understood as being valid, obviously. But at the end of the day, they're not real things. They're like clouds in the sky. They come and they go. Um, and what's most important is to remember to have as, as much as humanly possible a sense of humor. If we can't laugh, if we can't find things funny, then I think we've, it's really just a lost cause. Like without a sense of humor, I mean, what is this world all about anyway? I know that when I was hosting the uh, DBC Inc. Facebook Lives during COVID-19, at the end, I would ask them what their favorite meme was. I mean, it was a very serious conversation. Like, how are we changing education during all this wild global pandemic we have going on? But at the end of those lives, I wanted to bring up, you know, not to make light of a very serious situation, but we do need something to smile about. It's, we need something to giggle about. And those memes were off the chain. They were so <laughs> hilarious. And everybody had like different ones to share. And so I just... I think it's important to keep that sense of humor in the mix. And I think it makes us more human, right? It makes us more real for sure. Um, so yeah, you guys have shared so much wonderful things with us on The Real Journey Show and kind of reminding us, honestly, just to, to be fully present and to go ahead and accept who we are and share that with the world. Because, you know, one of the things we didn't talk about was more of like maybe a question for Nathan, but when you were fighting against who you were, how conflicting and frustrating that probably felt. Maybe you could share just a little bit because I want our listeners to realize like, just go ahead and be like Herbie. Just be like Herbie. Just go ahead. <laughs> like why in the world would we not? <laughs> I agree. I mean, why would we? Come on now. Come on everybody. But it's true. I mean, I think too, I think we would live in a world where it was um, more caring and more kind and more loving and more accepting and more inclusive if we would do that. But um, yeah, so Nathan was, I mean, surely the conflict was. Yeah, well, it's interesting because the inner conflict would also manifest itself in the, um, at the in the external as well. Like as I was, I would remember how I would do things just to gain approval from others. I mean, like, so again, it was it was a manifestation of what I was already dealing with internally. So if I was in an environment that craved high energy and craved happy all the time, then I was like a chameleon and I would be happy all the time, regardless of how I felt inside. Or if I was in an environment that, you know, really valued like 
introspection and um, like, I don't know, just really deep topics and I would go into those places. So um, it was always about kind of adapting and, and pacing. And I felt the sign of a good leader or um, a, a strong personality was someone who was able to adapt to the environments around you. Uh, but again, that was, a, that was a big reflection of what was happening inside because I was trying to conform to the standards that were set around me. Um, so now that I'm kind of being freely me and fully me, um, the external has changed too. Uh, I also realize now, like when I'm in, um, when I'm speaking, for example, working with teams, um, I can be fully me and I'm able to connect with others in a new kind of more refreshing way. I'm able to be vulnerable in a place where I wasn't before. Um, so I don't know if I answered the original question. No, you but, answered uh, it beautifully. Oh, good. You answered it beautifully. I would like to add something about Go that, for it. if I may. Uh, what amazes me about Nathaniel sitting here is he, growing up, never had anyone on his side. Most of us growing up are lucky to have someone, someone down the street, maybe a neighbor, maybe a teacher, someone who influences us, someone who inspires us. Nathan didn't have any of that growing up, as, as far as I know. Nathan really was able to self-generate all of those qualities and manifestations and really elevate all of those intrinsic personality traits to a level that enabled him to leave all of that stuff that just did not serve him and move him forward. And that is something that I so admire and respect in him. <laughs> the best part uh, is that he was able to stand on his own, was able to um, generate this energy that enabled him to really move forward authentically on his own. And my hope for the children of the world is that there, it gives me hope knowing Nathan, knowing Nathan's story, it gives me hope that there are children out there who in the midst of the deepest darkness, that they are, that hopefully that there are those out there who may not have the support that they need, but are able to sort of find it within themselves, whether they're finding inspiration in, in the books that they're reading or pop culture or the movie heroines of my past that my grandmother introduced me to, that gave me strength and helped me to self-identify with those personality traits that I so much wanted for myself. Um, it, knowing Nathan's story, it really gives me the hope that the children of of the future really are hopefully being able to uh, navigate their own paths. Love it. You are your own sunshine, Nathan. I talked about that yesterday. Sometimes you just have to be your own sunshine. Like, you have you no have idea. This man is a living sunbeam. Oh, stop it. He, he <laughs> never once had a bad day. Oh. In all our time together, he has never Not once true. woken up in a bad mood. <laughs> well, you do a good job keeping it down. I I am called the living emoji for a reason. <laughs> like everybody knows my mood. They know my emotions. They know my facial expressions. Like they say something and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> They're like, wipe that face off your face. <laughs> like, please at least act like you're okay. Um, yeah. So that's incredible. And I, I, I'm with you, Herbie. I hope that more people can because we know not all kids have the support that they need. And we know not all kids have the mentor that they need. And while we wish as educators that somebody out there could be that person for them, could be that rock for that kid. Um, it gives me hope knowing that Nathan may not, like you didn't have that, but you 
had it within you to stand strong and to eventually become fully yourself, to not worry about fitting in to all the crowds and, and catering to everything that people wanted you to cater to, but like actually realizing who you were and, and truly you probably, you had that, that's what Herbie's saying. And I think he's saying you had it in you all along, but actually really allowing it to, to manifest and be ex exposed as you're sharing your real self with the world. Yeah, and just to add to, I mean, but I, we said earlier we, we, in the show, like, I wish everyone had a Herbie, and I wrote this in the book as well. Um, even though I, I may have started that journey um, alone, being able to, um, you know, have him here daily um, to be able to encourage and support. So I think my, my hope is that people can take those first few steps um, towards the unknown, towards boldness, but... Um, Hopefully, some of those first few steps is finding someone who's going to love and support and encourage regardless. And I think once you have that, then you can start to make some more uh, of those steps that you need to make, knowing you have that support and knowing there's going to be someone there for you. So, um, yeah, I think that was that's my hope as well, is that people can find those supports. You guys are perfect for each other. I, mean, I agree. <laughs> so I'm excited to have y'all on this show. So before we close out, because that was just like the most beautiful journey about humanity, really, and just becoming who you are and being fully who you are and understanding that, yeah, yeah, we can, we can start out on this journey by ourselves, but sure is awesome when you have someone alongside you to walk with you because I feel like you push each other and you help each other to grow and to be even better. And so um, I'm getting to witness that right here on this show. But I know you have just written a book together and I love the title and the cover. And I told Nathan, um, people on the show know that I'm a sensory girl. So I told him on the front, you know how it has that um, gold piece I, yes. I wish it were raised, like uh, so I could feel it. <laughs> I just think that would be so cool. It looks, um, it looks like beautiful, just gold embossed green yes. velvet, right? Yes, yeah, it's so beautiful. But tell us a little bit about your book. You don't have to share too much. Um, I know we'll just save that and make just give us a cliffhanger to make people want to keep a lookout for that Teachers of Oz because it's coming. These guys have written it together. And I just know it's going to be a beautiful piece of art for everyone to take and be able to use and make themselves better. So tell us a little bit about Teachers of Eyes. Yeah, so there are so many education books out there. They're, they're phenomenal and wonderful. But we wanted a book that had a little different approach. And it wasn't necessarily about here's the, the latest template, here's the latest uh framework here's the latest tool but although we we definitely give our you know strategies and some some um possible paths but we wanted it to be about you know making parallels between education and teaching and the characters of oz and each of those characters had to go on this journey in oz to be able to find those those characteristics inside of them the, the courage and the spirit um the the intelligence the knowledge that they're thinking and so let me see one uh, okay, anyway, so there's other character traits heart. that heart, thank you, heart. Yes, it's Sorry, like it the man. I know. Um, and so it's about the, about discovering those things. And, so, and then and all of the characters had to go on a journey to go to, to find out they already had the heart and the brains and the spirit and the courage. And so it's about the journey. 
it's about certain checkpoints along the journey and being able to reflect and find those uh, those kind of uh, pieces within yourself that um, and and really helping us to become better teachers because we are discovering ourselves in the process. So that's really what the book's about. It's a book of discovery, a book of sharing in the journey with the characters of Oz, and also discovering more about who we are. Yeah, anything to add, Herbie? Oh my God, just buy it as soon as you can. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And it, it's so cool to me to listen to the Nathan's summary of the book because it's like the summary of your lives. <laughs> it's, it's so cool. Yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait. And I think that's the beauty to me about a book when it has that personalization piece. You know, you're speaking from a place of experience and um, integrating it into the work that you do professionally and personally. I mean, that's beautiful because it's easy to, to embrace because it's genuine. It's real, right? And so thank you for writing Teachers of Oz. I can't wait. I think everyone should grab it. Like uh, Nathan said, there's a lot of books out there that have how-to steps. Um, we have a lot of those. But we also need some inspiration, to, especially to self-identify and to remind those that we serve, our, teach, our teachers that we serve, our students that we serve, our employees, our coworkers to also fully embrace themselves. So I think you guys have been in for a treat today, all of my listeners for The Real Journey Show. And I hope that you leave this episode um, being more like Herbie. (laughs) No, just kidding. Being a little more self-aware, but also feeling empowered to be the real you. Like, let's just quit messing around and trying to fit into these parameters. It's a waste of our time anyway. And these guys are here to share with you that they're living their best life now. So (laughs) thank you for having us on the show, Tara. Uh, We've enjoyed it. We love the opportunity to be able to to share parts of our journey, especially if it inspires others to uh, make bold moves. And so, uh, yeah, this has been fun having the conversation. So thank you for having us. And thank you so much for all the good work that you do, Tara. We really appreciate it. Oh, you guys are too kind, too kind. So before we leave, um, do you guys want to share like where they can find you on social media or like on um, a website or anything like that? For anyone that's just listening, they might want to be able to connect with you. Yeah, well, they can find the lovely and talented Dr. Nathan Langrad at drlangrad.com. D-R, yeah, drlangrad.com. Yeah. It's spelled R-A-A-D, so two A's. Uh, also, my Twitter handle is the same. And then same thing with Herbie. You can find him at HerbieRad.com. Again, two A's. And uh, his handle is also her, at HerbieRad. So it's really easy to find us. Perfect. And you will be seeing a lot of these guys and their beautiful book and not very long. So stay on the lookout. Keep a lookout at DaveBurgessConsulting.com as well. And yeah, thank you for joining The Real Journey Show. It's truly an honor. So fun. Thank you, Tara. Thank you, Tara. You guys rock. Um, Remember, The Real Journey Show will continue next week, same time, same place, for another journey that hopefully we can learn and be more inspired to continue on our life's journey because of the work that others are sharing. So see you next week, same place, same time.